Welcome to Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I'm your host. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Fides is Latin for faith and truth, and that's what we do on this show is talk about truth and talk about faith. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, the great song that you're hearing in the background is my friend Frank Camp. You could find him on Spotify. Great song. This song is called Heaven Can Wait. But thanks for being here, and let's get right to it. Okay, and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino. I am your host, and I'm really excited today. I, I have with me today a man who has experienced a miracle, uh, a, a life-saving miracle, actually. And he's actually used this experience to advocate, speak, and write on vital issues like disability, human life, the sanctity of life, Christian unity, assisted suicide, and suffering. And he's agreed to come on with me today on this podcast to tell his story and uh, tell us uh, all the details as much as he can, which is really an amazing thing. So my guest today is Mark Davis Pickup. Mark, thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me on. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So so I, I wanted to hook people a little bit in, in the beginning and explain that you experienced a miracle, didn't want them to quite um, know what that was until, you know, to, to keep them on the hook to listen to the whole thing. But let's start at the beginning. So in 1984, when you were age 30, people can do the math later on, um, you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, correct? That's right. Okay. So, so tell me about that experience. I mean, I've, I've, you know, never had anything like that to anyone close to me. Um, you know, how, how did that go? What, what was it like for you at the time and your family? Uh, well, I was, I was 28 years, no, I was 30 years old. And uh, I, two years prior to that, I did have a, an episode, but it, it, my doctor thought it was a pinched nerve and it went away. So they thought, well, I, the pinched nerve eased off. But then in 1984, that uh, feeling came back. What happened was I woke up one morning and I had no sensation from my waist down. It was like somebody had given me a spinal tap or a spinal uh, uh, anesthetic. And uh, again, the doctor thought it was a pinched nerve, but overnight I lost the use of my right arm. And that began them looking for a brain tumor, uh, which happily was not the case. And after that, the diagnosis when it came of MS was uh, actually preferable to a brain tumor. Um, mm -hmm. But it was a rude, terrible shock that uh, my family was uh, active. We were very active with our, our children and uh, lived an active life. My career was on the upswing. I was doing very well. Um, and most of my life I'd spent being a winner. And uh, suddenly this came on and I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, and of course, for, for the viewers don't know it, I don't know what MS is. It's a disease whereby the nerve sheath, the myelin coating around a nerve begins to swell. And we don't know why, but it, be, it, it starts cutting off signals from the brain to whatever limb that, it, that it's, it's involving. Mm -hmm. um, and it, then a remission comes and the, the, uh, the swelling goes down. And the next attack, it goes up again and then down. And after time, it begins to scar. Thus, the word sclerosis. And it can happen throughout the body, thus the word multiple. Mm -hmm. um, in my case, it was just a wild roller coaster ride. I, I would wake up one day, I wouldn't have, be able to use my legs or I would only be able to partially use them. The next time I would be, I would lose my speech. 
-hmm. my vision was affected. Uh, my hearing was affected. Uh, I would go incontinent and dirty myself. Um, and it was just one terrible neurological symptom after that. And everyone was terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, and there was no guarantee that you would go into a remission. And that, back in those days, I had what they called exacerbating remitting, which meant I would have attacks and then it would, uh, would ease off. And, uh, and that's the way it was for a very long time. My wife and I, every time I would go into, an, go into a remission, we would say, well, we're not going to get our hopes up. We're not going to get our hopes up. But she, we would get our hopes up. Mm -hmm. And then the next attack would come in and the disappointment with that. Um, and that went on for about 15 years. 15 and years. after so that, it, it began to go into a more advanced stage where I wasn't getting remissions as much or there were only partial remissions to the point where eventually I was in what they called secondary progressive, which meant there really were no remissions anymore. And I, I was at the end after 35 years in what they would call late stage MS. At that point, the, my physicians could do nothing. They couldn't mm -hmm. stop it. At one point I was on the edge of, of quadriplegia and my physician put me on a very risky uh, experimental therapy which didn't work um they just couldn't stop it nothing it was, it was going where it was going and i landed, landed up being what they call triplegic which means i lost the use of three limbs i only had my left arm to work with so at what point uh, so this this the diagnosis came in 1984 at what point were you so severe or consistently severe that you needed to be in a wheelchair Early 2000s, um, okay. and uh, it got at the end it, it, by about 2010, 2012, somewhere in there. I uh, I was losing. I had pretty much lost the entire use of my right arm and hand. Mm -hmm. I couldn't write. I couldn't even hold a, a a knife to cut my meal. Somebody else had to do it for me. There were times when I had to help me help dress, get dressed, and. Uh, that was my life, and, yeah. and I, I accepted that, that. That if that was God's will, then 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 I would. What, what do you want me to do with this, Lord? It makes me wish right. the question. So you basically are in this position, and obviously it affects your your wife and your kids. And your wife obviously has now Everybody. some some huge responsibility, as you said. You couldn't even cut your meals and and the like. Uh, uh, struggled to get dressed and things like that. So now you're in a wheelchair. You're you have what only the use of partial use of your left, you said left arm. I had the use, the use of my left arm and it, that was beginning to be affected. Um, and so I was in an electric wheelchair. Yeah. The, uh, um, and there were times when I had my legs, I had to get my legs tied into the chair or they would just fall off. And, uh, that was the, the existence I had the, uh, <clears throat> but what I did do is at the, at a very early stage, I, I, I was, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? I, I, mm -hmm. This wasn't in my on my agenda. This wasn't my plan. And what happened was I was able to use that increasing disability to begin to advocate for life with dignity. When people were talking about death with dignity, mm -hmm. I was able to talk about how we can redefine ourselves with adult onset disability, and that it isn't the end. It's simply a re a new phase in our lives that could be every bit as vital as we were previously, but it's just different. It's just different. So let and me ask you, 
Oh, oh, go ahead. So what that started was I initially wrote a letter to Canada's justice minister when they were considering um, legalizing assisted suicide. Now that would be back in about, oh gosh, maybe 1994. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started as a one page letter and it turned out to be a 15 page position paper, which caught me in front of the Canadian Senate. And essentially I was reduced to uh, saying, please don't do this. Uh, a, we're not ready for it. And B, it's going to single out the people with disabilities. We are going to be the brunt of it. Now, that was in 94. And not because of anything particularly I said, I don't think, but the, the committee, the Senate committee did recommend to Parliament, Canada's Parliament that the euthanasia, not uh, assisted suicide, not be legalized at that point. That got me uh, an invitation to the uh, to address the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops when they, as they were doing a, a conference on assisted suicide. From there, that got me into, into further uh, speaking engagements. So it got to the point where I, I was traveling across North America from the Yukon to, to, the, to uh, New Orleans, from Boston to Los Angeles, Vancouver to, to Prince Edward Islands, all, uh, all across Canada. It, was, it seemed that, and I was just saying, is if, I'll say what you want me to say, Lord, just send me what you want me to send. Mm-hmm. He sent me all over North America. And, uh, but that was, even as the disability began to increase, it got more and more progressively more difficult. And I have to give the airlines uh, kudos. They, they were wonderful. They, they would uh, put me in what they called a Washington chair. They would get me from the, my wheelchair into my seat. And they were very good with the, the other end. They were just wonderful. But the energy levels were just getting so poor that um, I eventually had to give it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a, a number of years ago, well, it wasn't that many years ago, I just said, I'm done. Yeah, or, just I, with I, that I, can't, I can't do it anymore. So obviously it, it tremendously affects your quality of life, your ability to work or work the ways you wanted to or want to. It affects your family and is very stressful. Is it ultimately, and again, I don't know a lot about MS, is it life-threatening? Does it ultimately shorten your life? Is there um, something that could occur due to MS that, that could cause an end of, unexpected end of life? Well, usually the end of end of life, you, if you're going to die, MS doesn't isn't a killer. Usually, it can on rare occasions, but usually it's something else that will take the person a heart attack or stroke or something. But I want to just back up when you talk about quality of life. Mm-hmm. Quality of life is a moving target. Mm-hmm. When I was 25, if someone had said to me that within a few years, I would be on this roller coaster of, of neurological symptoms that I would go from canes to wheelchair to back to walking, vision would be affected and that I would lose my career by the time I was 38, I would have said there's no quality of life in that. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me today, my life does eat well before that, before what happened, even at my worst point, mm-hmm. I had quality of life. Why? Because I was loved and I was able to love that. That's what became important. So we decide what our quality of life is. Right. And that can change over time and quite often does. Sure. So, um, so obviously people, those that are watching this on video are seeing, you had mentioned that it did MS affects uh, severely affects your, your vision, obviously your dexterity, the use of your hands, arms, and so on. Right. Those watching this video are able to see that you are obviously able to 
see and you're mm-hmm. they can see you moving your arms you might you must be part italian in some way with all the arm <laughs> movements but um all, all the ditches are pushed away yeah so so tell us about what happened next um well i in i guess it would have been 2018 i i, I, was, I was supposed to be speak just out of, outside of chicago and i had this fiasco at the airport and my wife just said we're done you're not doing it anymore Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I was at the end of the end of the road with speaking. So I stopped. Um, I still wrote on my blog, uh, humanlifematters.org. And I, uh, I began to spend time with more time with my family, with my wife and my grandchildren and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point a couple of years ago when I, I said, Lord, I went before the blessed sacrament and I prayed that if it was possible, that would the Lord allow me to, even for a short period of time, just to get out of the electric wheelchair. I'd been, been over 15 years that I'd been in that chair. Even with canes, even with a walker, just let it, could I just for a short time, Lord. Now that prayer had been prayed many times before, but this time he started to answer it, but not immediately. The changes became more evident, slowly, gradually, initially, almost imperceptibly. But they began to become more noticeable. And I kept that to myself because I, I didn't know if this was just me perceiving it or something that, little blip in the disease. But one night, and I know I'm going to sound like a kook. Forgive me, you can shut me, shut off the broadcast anytime you want. But I was awakened in the night. And there was a presence in the room. It was him. And although he didn't say it in words, the message came through like an understanding more than anything else. How much time do we have left, incidentally? Oh, keep going. <laughs> I don't think anyone um, would want you to stop at this point. And the message was, take my right hand and my right thumb and touch my baby finger. I've been able to do that in years, but I was able to do it. All the fingers, I had been able to do that. Do it again. And so the hand began to come back, and I was able to put a pen in my hand first time in decades I started was able to write with the same handwriting I had written before I hadn't I hadn't written in 25 years and so what happened I didn't mention anything to Larie my wife but one morning when she was sitting at the table I reached across the table and got a a pen and pad that was laying there and I wrote Larie something is happening in my own handwriting she was shocked she hadn't seen this in decades and I didn't know where it was going but before long the movement began to to come back normal and then not immediately one morning I'm sitting in a cold Canadian winter looking out the window in my wheelchair and again that presence is there And again, not in words, but more understanding. Mm -hmm. Get out of your chair. My mother-in-law had, uh, Walker was sitting beside the table. The message would get up and walk with that walker. And so I got up on these withered legs that hadn't been used in years. Mm -hmm. Weakest, I mean, they were way for thin. And I took five steps. Well, it was happy pandemonium. I, I, I yelled on the, the hallway. My wife was still in bed. 
Larie, get up, get up, get up. She came out and she saw me take another five steps and she literally staggered back. Um, five steps became 10 steps, became 15, to the point where today I am walking, granted with a cane and bad days, maybe a walker, but I'm walking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This from, from at one point being almost quadriplegic yeah. and, and being triplegic for all those years. People that know me in my communities, they've only known me in a wheelchair and they see me coming toward them now. And they'll ask what happened? Was this by mega vitamins? Was this a dietary thing? And I say that there was nothing anybody mm-hmm. could do. This, if you don't want the answer, don't ask the question. This was mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Wow. Even my physician, my physician sent me to my, my neurologist to see what, what is it, what was this going on? And he did the full exam and workup. He looked at the MRI. Sure enough, my brain's riddled with plaque. This shouldn't be happening. And he just, I don't know. I don't know what's, what's going on. My, uh, <laughs> said, so how do you explain this? And I, I just said, how would I know? You're the doctor. Um, the fact is he didn't want to. The answer that I was prepared to give him. Yeah. But that is the answer. Yeah. I am walking, as was said in the scriptures. I once was crippled. Now I'm walking. Wow. I was, wow. It was. It was actually once I was blind, but now I see. But this is a. a but, yeah. This the point. Point taken. Now, wow, that's amazing and really amazing. I think what's, you know, what I take from this besides, you know, your great story that I think, as, as I said, people are probably on the edge of their seat, as you were telling the story is that you were advocating for quality of life for sanctity of life, um, against euthanasia and assisted suicide for inclusion, even before you, yeah, even before you were, you know, you, you were healed in a sense, like you could see some people saying, wow, I'm healed. Boy, now I go out. You were arguably at your worst when you were advocating for, for life in all its forms is yeah. My my wheelchair was my credential. Right. Right. Exactly. And I used that. Um, The, uh, I'm not sure if this is a miracle or a sign, the sign that I do all along that he Mm -hmm. was with me. He became more apparent the sicker I got. Now, one of the reasons that I was shy initially to mention this was because people will automatically be gravitating because they want the same thing. Mm-hmm. This was not approached, uh, God, approaching God as, as a demanding to be healed. I mm-hmm. took the example of our Lord's example in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed that God would remove that cup from him, but it concluded three times. He did, mm-hmm. And each time he concluded, but not my will, yours be done. And I had to approach the Lord in the same way. Thy will, not my will, be done. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I had done this many times before. And for whatever reason, the, the answer was not yes. This one time, it was yes. I don't know. There is no magic formula. It, it is a faith thing. It was in God's hands all mm-hmm. along. I was never driving the, the, the car. Right. He was always in the, in the driver's seat. So um, for, for those that uh, maybe, maybe 
caught uh, you mentioned a couple a couple times you're from Canada. I've had a, I've actually had a couple people on this program. If you're listening and you've you've listened to hopefully you've listened to all of my episodes. I know my mom has, uh, but hopefully others have as well. Uh, I've had two individuals who um, Dr. Paul Saba Saba yeah. and um, Angelina uh, Ireland on who were both from Canada. Yeah, and they both advocate for. Um, for end of life, uh, you know, keeping of end, end oh, of yeah. life and, and against assisted suicide. Canada Can is, is yeah, I was gonna, just going to say that Canada is taking the, obviously the wrong turn. Wrong route. Yeah. It, they, we legalized assistance, well, they like to call it medical assistance in dying. Well, medical assistance in dying is called palliative care. This yeah. is physician killing. Right. We do not have assisted suicide. We have lethal injection vast, the vast majority, only a tiny little bit of pe are people administering their own suicide. It's all lethal injection. Mm -hmm. We do not have doctor assistance in dying. We have medical killing. Mm -hmm. And I want to warn America, do not go the route we're going because the, the doors are getting wider open and wider open and more people are, are being taken into that envelope all the time. It's always peddled as physician assisted suicide, but yeah. that will not be what you get. Right. It, it's a, it's a slippery slope. And I, I remember talking about this with Angelina and uh, saying, you know, they, what point will people, you know, request assisted suicide or assisted killing, as you're saying, when maybe they're just depressed and they're just, That's Hey, just it. you know, yeah. my life's over. They don't have a disease or they're not, you know, at the end of their life, really. Um, you know, uh, Wesley told me a great story about a gentleman that he dealt with uh, who was who wanted to give up, but ultimately didn't. And it was it was a it was a great story. But, um, but yeah, the, it's Canada is concerning. And uh, the war the warning you gave about to America was the same warning that uh, Dr. Saba gave and, and Angelina gave as well. Do when not they were look on. to us as an example. Exactly. We are no example at all. Exactly. Um, so I, I want to, if you could just tell everybody where they could, um, they could find you, you, you had mentioned uh, humanlifematters.org is yes. a place people well, can find the best you. Place. Yeah, that's probably the best place they can, they can drop a note on it and uh, um, I can make a re response that way. Okay. And that's one yeah. one last, hmm? yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. One last thing I did want to mention to you though, is after I came back and stopped speaking, I began to write a screenplay about, about the reason my story beginning 50 years ago up until the present. And the screenplay uh, is a feature length. I've, just, I've had some help with a, a Christian, um, I don't know what they do in the movie industry, to, to go over the screenplay, to get to polish it up. And I'm hoping to get it produced at some point. So that wouldn't be the story. Yeah. It sounds like a great story. I, I would think that would be fantastic. Real champion in this whole thing has been Larie, not me. Yeah. So you, so Larie is your wife. Uh, yes, yeah, she definitely deserves credit as, as, uh, and you have two children and, and how many grandchildren? Total? Five grandchildren. Five gra grandchildren. Yeah. Does everyone live uh, near you guys? Yeah, well, they all live in the same province, but, uh, right. yeah. but Good. with the, with the COVID thing, I haven't seen my grandchildren in about a year now. So yeah. it's, uh, but th that's the same way with everybody. I know. This has got a, yeah. Um, so yeah, don't get me started on that. I'm just going to move <laughs> on from there. So, um, so again, so Mark Davis pickup, 
Um, you could actually find uh, you could find you also on Facebook if you want to connect oh, there. Yes, you yes. have a, you have a great uh, Facebook page, and then humanlifematters.org is right. where you can um, you know get get directly to uh, Mark and uh, learn more about uh, you know I'm sure that there's more details that you even have or you, you you again you write a blog and you advocate for life issues so if people want to kind of follow that I would I would highly recommend I've I've looked at it myself and uh, this this is really great stuff so Mark I want to thank you for coming on uh, and telling your story as I'm sure you've told it a million times and uh, you told it with some great passion and it's really I think inspiring uh, for people to hear. Um, I always think when I complain about my life or my rough day, I think, uh, I think about people like you out there. So uh, thanks for your story. Christ is our final reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great way to end it right there. So Mark Davis pickup again, you could find it at humanlifematters.org. Search him on Facebook as well. Uh, what a great guest. And I want to thank everybody for listening to this, uh, this episode of Fides podcast. Thank you for listening. Please uh, uh, share the podcast with others. If you, if you are enjoying this and uh, always feel free to contact me, if you, if you want to be a guest yourself, or if you uh, have someone you think would be a great guest. So again, Mark Davis pickup humanlifematters.org. My name is thank Jerry you. Serino and thank you for listening. Thank you.